Well, good morning, everyone. You doing all right? You are? I hope so. Good. You like a little Sunday fun day there? Is that the rest of your week compared to Sunday? Is that what it is? I'm, I'm glad that you're here today. We're starting this new new series called Sunday Fun Day, and I'll explain it a little bit through the message. But the bottom line is that we just believe that Sunday ought to be the greatest day of our week. Amen? Now, this is... this. I was joking earlier when I said this would be the greatest message you've ever heard, but not me, hopefully, but um, I, I believe that outside of the message, in spite of the message, how about that? It's not just the message or the worship. It's being a part of all of those things on Sunday, but it's being available for what God wants in your life. That's what the biggest thing is being saying, yes, Lord, I, I'm here. I've shown up for one thing. I want to be a part of this. I'm worshiping you. I'm listening. I, I want to pray and be attentive. So, this series, we're going to be addressing some of those things, talking about some of those things, especially the next two weeks. We're going to give you some great reasons to bring some of your friends, invite some of your neighbors or coworkers, somebody that's unchurched with you. But today, we're going to talk about what's in your orange bulletin, those notes. So if you have those notes, you want to follow along, jump in there. Because we're talking about today, 2018 is going to be the year of the goat. Yeah, I know you're excited about that. I'm not talking about a Chinese Zodiac calendar either, which you may. If you've ever ever been to an Asian restaurant, you know, they have sometimes the placemat. It's a Zodiac calendar, and everybody checks out and see if you're the chicken or the mouse or whatever, all that kind of stuff. I never knew what any of that stuff meant. What I'm talking about today, though, is what we've probably said the last couple of years, what GOAT stands for. How many know what GOAT stands for, the acronym? Shout it out. That's exactly right. It stands for the greatest of all time. And here's our prayer, our desire, our want for this year at South Point. That this year would be the greatest year of all time. Amen? Are y'all with me on that? Y'all going to help on that? Y'all want to be a part of that? Well, I hope so. I really do. Because I'm believing and we're praying that God will do some incredible things. Not just not just corporately as a church family, but individually in your lives. That's the way we've prayed since Jenny and I started being pastors. Is because we understand that the health, spiritually, emotionally, physically, of the people individually is what causes like corporate revival in the church. Amen? It's when you're on fire for God, when you're loving Jesus, when you're hearing from him, when you're saying yes to what he's asking in your life, that's when the church has the greatest year ever. So that's what we're praying for this year. We want it to be some amazing stuff. So the last Sunday of this month, the 28th, I'm going to be sharing with you our Vision Sunday. We're going to be talking about some of the things we'll do for the rest of the year, some of the things we want to change, some of the things we want to incorporate and all that. We're not going to talk about those today. We're going to pray about them for the next 21 days, if you know what that's about, I'll tell you in a second. But I'll tell you what I am praying for. You may want to write this down. I'm praying for some that God would hear us and really give us some huge problems this year. Have you ever heard a pastor ask for that? That's that's what I'm praying for this year. Huge problems. He's turned my thinking and the way I address things the way that our leadership addresses things, the way that our staff addresses things, and we're praying, we're, we're going to make a list. What are some huge problems that we want to happen at South Point? Have you ever prayed that in your life before? Let me, let me, I'll share a couple of them with you. So I'm praying that we have a problem where we run out of parking this year. Yeah, that some, somebody, it may be you before you amen, you may have to park out in the grass. I am so, I'm, I may just start parking out there next week. Just to 
seed the ground, so to speak. You know, I'm praying though that that we have some problems this year like that that we don't we don't have enough parking. I would love it if we don't have enough seating in our services. I mean. Our, our first and second services are different in size. Our first service is about twice this big as far as the number of people here, but there's still plenty of seats open, you know? I, I'm praying that, I don't, I don't know how we'll do it. I'm praying that we outgrow it. There, the 250, 300 can fit in here. It'd be great to have to, to announce at Easter, hey, we're going to three services. Can I get an amen on that? Yeah? What, what about maybe four services? Y'all with me? Five? Good. Those are some huge problems, aren't they? You know what those problems stem from, though? They stem from people. And they're not bad problems. They're not people fussing and fighting. Those problems stem from people coming in and having their lives changed and joining the church, joining the family, joining South Point, being a part of us. I'm praying for huge problems. I'm praying our children's pastors in here. Jacqueline, Jacqueline, I'm praying for huge problems for you this year. I just want you to know that. I'm praying that you run out of room that we have way too many kids per classroom back there. We have to start a new service, a third service, just because of kids' ministry. Can I get an amen? Like, do you understand? Like, that's my mindset for this year as we go forward. Those are some of the things, and I could just go on and on, and I hope we have some problems this year. I hope that we're able to pay all of our missionaries that we, I mean, we, we support several missionaries. I hope we're able to, maybe we have too much missionary money, and we have to take on some new missionaries that are reaching people overseas. Wouldn't that be awesome? I, I would love that. We, we support, we're partnering with several groups around Oklahoma City that help people do things like so that we don't have to reinvent the wheel. They're already doing great things in ministry, so we want to help them. I, I'm, I'm praying for the problem that they go, we don't need any more of your money. Like, give it, like we want to give you extra money. No, no, you'll give that to somebody else. What's well, the problem? We don't know anybody else. We'll have to go find them. You, do you understand what I'm saying when I'm saying I'm, praying for some problems this year. And I, I'm, I'm being very serious. I pray for good problems. Like, Lord, I, I would love to have the problem. Like our lobby, it's too small. I mean, you can't fit three, 400 people coming out of services in there over and over and over and over and over with me. Right? I mean, you got, we, I want some problems that, that are good this year because here's what I found out. When you have really good problems, when, when people are having to park off in the grass or maybe they're standing room only, maybe we're bringing chairs in and we have to set up a projector in the lobby and have overflow out there or back here in the lounge or whatever. I mean, those are great problems to have. And what happens when you're having really good problems, what happens is you have a lot less bad problems. Do you know that? Those things that you worry about, those things, maybe, maybe you don't have enough uh, people to serve in your area. Those problems are gone because there's so many people wanting to use their gifts and abilities to, to serve in areas, to, to bless the kids or to teach the teenagers or whatever it is. They're, they're not, when you're having a bunch of good problems, people aren't worried about the color of the chairs or the, the loudness of the speakers or whatever. Can I get amen on that? I tell you, what happens is good problems really feed us. I, I, I love being a part of a church that has good problems. And I'm praying this year, 2018, is our GOAT year, is our greatest year of all time. Listen, we've had a couple of, in next month, Jenny and I will have been here eight years. Eight years. Seems like forever in a good way. Seems like forever. Seems like oh, I've just always been here. It's great. And we've had some great years in the past. But I'm praying that God blows our mind this year. I'm praying for some problems that we can't even anticipate. 
Like, Lord, I mean, when I was saying that, I was kind of joking. I mean, we really, like, one more service would be awesome, right? I mean, one more. Wouldn't, I'd love to have five or six. I'd love it. And people, you, now, don't jump out, don't jump the ship real quick, because we immediately start going, oh, my gosh, well, I'm never, I'm not serving six services. There's, those are great problems to have. And there's solutions to them all. There's solutions to every one of them. Because I always figure if there's more people coming, there's more people's lives being changed, then all the bad problems will solve themselves with the good problems. Amen? Will will y'all do that with me? Will you promise me, promise me, like in a commitment, will you pray for huge problems at South Point this, this year? Huge problems. Bigger than we can anticipate. Problems where we have to, like, ask for help. Oh, that would just be awesome. How do we do this? Maybe two more rows right here. I I would love problems. What I would love is to have so many people saved and their lives changed that we're having baptism during both services worship. Do you believe that kind of stuff can happen? You know what's great is I'm not saying anything that I don't know of somebody else that it's happening somewhere. Somebody in... Upstate Oregon or somebody in Florida or somebody, somebody somewhere else, we have plenty of people here that don't have a church home that need what you and I get every single week. Amen? So let's pray for some, let's pray for some big, huge, uncomprehendable problems this year. And then all the little stuff, when somebody comes and sits in your seat that you sit in every week, we'll just, that'll fix itself, right? 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 Ooh, I know, I know one other thing I'm going to pray for. I heard an evangelist. You remember what evangelists were that would come through and preach services? When I first got saved, we had an evangelist, and he said, you're not ready for revival. That's what his message was. And it was all about how people are not going to treat your church the way you like to treat it. They're going to sit in your spot. They're going to put gum in your seat. They're going to leave trash. They're, you know, they're going to do this. They're going to do that. And by like his intro, I'm like, you're right. I'm not. I need to pray for myself. I'm not ready for that. It, it is a mind shift. That's what I'm praying that God will do for us, that he will change our minds and allow us to pray the way he wants to. So we're going to do a few things with that, all right? We're going to do a few things to help us. We're going to remember these three things as we pray, okay? You ready for this? Number one, and I know this is going to be profound, but here's what we're going to do. Number one, we're going to pray. Had no idea I was going to say that, did you? Starting today, starting today for the next 21 days, it's all over our social media, it's in the bulletin, all, as much as we can do with it, it's our 21 days of prayer and fasting. 21 days that we focus every day. This morning, bright and early, I don't know, 6 or 7 o'clock, it went out on social media. The prayer focus for today is year of the goat. Pray that South Point would be, this would be the greatest year ever for people's lives being changed, for baptisms, for growth, for all the different stuff. There's a list of things there. So that you and I, for one minute or two minutes or three minutes each day, that we can all pray for the exact same thing for our church. And you know why we want to pray? Have you ever asked yourself why we pray? Let me, let me tell you this. I don't know about you, but for me, I have a vision for my life, right? I have a vision. But if you really break it down, I have plans for every area of my life. I have vision for my kids and a vision for my marriage, a vision for my career. I have a vision for my hobbies. I have a vision for all of these things like most of us do. We have different things for different areas. And what prayer does, the Bible teaches us that over time, prayer aligns our will with God's will. 
it helps us. When I start praying, what I'm praying for is everything that I want and need right now. That's what I'm praying for. But over time, we are taught like Jesus taught his disciples. In the, in, in the Lord's Prayer in Matthew 6, when he teaches his disciples to pray, the second sentence says this. Matthew 6.10, it says this. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. That's how Jesus is teaching them. Hey, pray this. Hey, our Father who is in heaven, holy is your name. And the second sentence says, your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. When you and I, when you and I begin to pray, hey God, here, here's what I'm praying for. But overall, you know what I really want? I want your will in my life. Because I have found that as successful as I can be or as cool as I can be or whatever as I can be, it's not near as good if I'm not aligned with your will for my children, for my family, for my kids, for my career, all of those things together. Overall, Lord, I want your kingdom come, your will to be done in my life. That's the greatest place I can be. If we're going to have the greatest year ever at South Point, and I'm praying for that, I'm praying that. We, I'm praying that the complaints start next week. Somebody's in my seat. We ran out of in, invite cards. What I mean, like, those good problems start happening this month. But that's not going to happen until we start aligning our lives, aligning our asks and our wants and our needs with God. That's what prayer is for. God knows your heart already, right? Isn't that what Scripture tells us? He already knows what you're thinking. He knows your thoughts, your attitudes, but it's when we pray that we align ourselves with him. That we say, Lord, not my will, your will be done. And, and in time, prayer changes things. It doesn't just change our alignment with God. It begins to change other people. You know one of the greatest, the coolest things that I hear as a pastor, when people come and they, they come to South Point with a friend, with a family member, and they come here for a month or two, and then they give their life to Christ. And then the next baptism we have, they say, you know what, I'm ready to get baptized. And I, I talk to them out there, and, you know, like, hey, well, why are you getting baptized? Tell me a little bit about your story, something like that. And they go, really? you know, I don't know. My, my brother was asking me to come, and I didn't really have anything else. I don't know why I came. And, and then I found Jesus. And I, I always think right there, I know exactly why you came. I know exactly why you came. Because your mom and dad, your brother, there are people, our church family, we're praying for you. We're praying for you. God changed your lost, running away, rebellious heart, however you want to say that. God changed that and opened that enough so that you have the opportunity to say yes or no to him. You have the opportunity to open up your life and go, that's what I want. Prayer changes things. And so I want to encourage you, church, let's, let's pray more than anything. Let's try to jumpstart this year to be the greatest of all time by the next 21 days, 21 days praying. And if you feel like, you know what, I, I can do this praying thing super easy, I want to fast also, man, I would encourage you. Fasting is one of the, has one of the greatest spiritual rewards that you'll ever find in your relationship with Jesus. It's one of the most difficult things to do, saying no to food. Can I get an amen on that, somebody? Yeah, my, my wife fixed my favorite. They were the best recipe ever. Martha Washington balls. I don't know if you've ever had one. It's this little, I don't know what it is, heaven in a circle. And it's like coconut and nuts and creamy stuff. And then the, you freeze it in little balls and then you dip it in chocolate. Do y'all want one right now? And then you put them in the fridge and they're about three bites per ball. 
And one of my little, I'm, I'm adding, I'm kind of making up my own fast this year. I'm taking pieces of different ones. But one of them is no sugar. I'm going to go the first, next 21 days with no sugar. See, just see how it goes. I'm just going to do that in honor of God and chasing after him. But with that said, we had some leftover Martha Washington balls in the fridge last night. And I knew I had to dispose of them yesterday. So I may still actually have a ton of sugar running through my system right now. But but I say that because it, it's, it, and the reason I say it's difficult and about the candy is because we, we talked about today, like we have bags, literally like two or three bags full of stuff that are going in the trash today. Like, and I see that as, as the dad, I see that as money, you know, like, wow, that's like 3750 right there. So what I'm thinking about, but my pursuit is to get closer to God. And what I have seen in scripture and learned in my past is that when you sacrifice, when you set yourself on a different playing field, when you withdraw something from yourself, like fasting food, it allows me to focus on him. Like, for example, David throughout Psalms multiple times said, I humble myself with fasting and prayer. King David, the dude that killed Goliath, that one, the one that they made up songs about, you know, Saul has killed thousands, but David's killed tens of thousands. Drop the beat, you know, like that kind of pop songs and big stuff. I mean, you can imagine. So, so think about this. When you read stuff like that, where David says, I humble myself, think about what he's saying is I'm struggling with pride. I'm struggling with being consumed with me. I'm struggling with every time I turn on the radio, it's a song about how, what a bad dude I am. You know what I'm saying? And David says, I humble myself. I remind myself that this body is temporary. I remind myself that God provides everything that I eat. I remind myself that I need more than food in this world. You know, you know what I'm saying? So when you humble yourself with fasting, it's just to remind yourself who's really in charge. I'm chasing after God. So I, I want to remind myself, what's one of my difficult things? Sugar. All the sugar I've had since about the second week of November and so the, I'm going to take that out and get a good start on this year. Focus myself again. Remember, hey, it's not all about that. It's about what God wants in my life. Amen? So you understand, like, the reason we start as a church with 21 days of prayer and fasting is for a purpose, to align ourselves with God and to change some things. Can I get a big amen? Awesome. So if we're going to have the GOAT year, we're going to have to do one other thing. We're going to have to remember that the church is people and not a building. One of our core values is called church seven days a week. We have seven core values, transformational living, missions, justice, all these different ones, community. But one of them is church seven days a week. Not that we come to this building seven days a week. Somebody say praise the Lord. Right? Not that we still do that, but that seven days a week, we understand that Jesus didn't come to die for a building. He came to die for people. And since then, you are the church. Amen. I am the church. That's one of the craziest things ever, that God's spirit would inhabit me. I am the temple. I am the place of worship. I am the body of Christ right here. You are the body of Christ. And with that in mind is what Jesus taught from all the time. When, when he was talking to his disciples, this is what's going to make it the greatest year of all time. When he was talking to his disciples, he told them, look out at the harvest. And they were in the middle of the city. Did you know that? He said, look out at the harvest. And they're looking around like, what's going on? Jesus, we're at buildings. And he goes, yeah, look at all these people. 
Look at all these people. This is the harvest I'm talking about. I'm not talking about the hay or the grain or whatever it is. The figs, the olive. I'm talking about the people out there. And listen to what he taught them as he instructed them about the harvest. I want you to get this, all right? Luke 10.2 says this. These were his instructions to them. The harvest is great, but the workers are few. So pray. Here's one of the things we're going to pray for. So pray to the Lord who is in charge of the harvest and ask him to send more workers into his fields. Okay, so I have a challenge for you. As we pray, as we align ourselves with God's will, as we figure that out through prayer, God, we want what you want. Can I tell you that the top thing on his list is the harvest, is people. Your friends, your neighbors, your family, my friends, my neighbors, my family, who don't know Christ. That's the harvest. So first of all, first of all, we're going to pray and we're going to ask God to make opportunities in people's lives for them to come to know him. Amen? Put, I pray every day, God, put people full of your spirit in their life in that person's life. Turn on the lights. I pray like the prodigal son. You know when the prodigal son, Jesus said, this is like the kingdom of heaven and there was a good son and then the prodigal son that went off, took his dad's wealth, spent it all and he's slopping pigs for somebody else who he's working for and he goes, man, my dad's got it better than this and the Bible says, and he came to his senses. I pray that all the time for people that are in my life who don't know Jesus. Lord, turn on the lights. Help them to come to their senses. Help them to see that you are the only way. That it's the greatest way to live is to live for you. And here's what I believe. Here's why that, praying that, is going to make this the greatest. Not just so that people will fill up this room and we're going to have 72 services a week. Not not just that. But I believe, remember what prayer does, okay? You ready? We're going to tie this together. Prayer aligns your will with God's will. And as we begin to pray that God would bring in the lost, bring in people that are hurting, people that are, that are needing him, I believe God's going to give you the opportunity to be part of that solution. I believe as we pray for workers to go out of the harvest field and to change people's lives, I believe God's going to give you somebody that you work with, somebody that you go to school with. And you're going to say, they're going to say, what's different about you? Why do you do the things you do? Why, why do you take time out when we're over there doing that? Why are you doing this? And you get to tell them, well, it's because I'm living for Christ. Not, I'm trying to live for God. I'm trying to learn this faith. However you say it, you get to connect their question to their ultimate need, God. I'm praying that. I'm praying that as we align our will with God's will, and we pray for the lost, those two are going to come together. That's why we put, we're going to try to do them every series this year. That's why we put those little cards in your seats. Those are great little tools. Great little tools. Just a little card, something to have in your hand. And when Bob is freaking out at the copier and he's assaulting it in the office, you know, you can go, hey, Bob, uh, can I talk to you for a minute? I used to be just like you. I wanted to give you something. And before he gets fired, you can give him his your card, your business card in the business of harvesting. How many jokes you want to tie into this one? Because this is good stuff. You can give him that invite card and say, hey man, I just want to give this to you. Because what I get from being a part of a, a faith family, what I get from having a relationship with Christ, I feel like maybe is exactly what you need in your life. And through this opportunity, through, through us praying and asking God, 
to help us reach the lost, I believe that he's going to give you and I opportunities to do that. Can I tell you what would really make this the greatest year of all time? If somebody that you know, one of your coworkers, one of your friends, one of your family members, maybe your neighbor, maybe the one that you can't stand, maybe the one that throws his beer cans into your driveway, that person, whatever it is, his dog barks all night. Maybe that person comes to know Christ because of you, because you prayed for them, God gave you a heart for them, and he gave you an opportunity with them. That's all he's asking for. The rest, we're just going to leave to Jesus. Jesus is the one that changes hearts. He's the one that changes lives. That would be the greatest year ever if it's one of your friends, somebody you know. Amen? And the last one is this. We're going to have to remember this, that it all starts with me. Remember what we talked about at the very beginning when we pray for the greatest year ever. I'm praying that it's that way individually first with you. That this year God does something in your life. He wakes you up. He speaks life in you. He strengthens you, encourages you, challenges you. All of that individually first. And then together, corporately as a church family, we're going to do some amazing things. I believe that. God's going to do some great things. But it all depends on if we understand when Jesus says, pray that we would send, that God would send harvesters out to do his work, that we understand understand that it all starts with me, that every bit of it starts with me. There's not, a, there's not another organization that's going to come in and do the work that South Point needs to do. Amen? It's going to be us. Think, think about it like this. You've never been baptized. Maybe you, have, maybe you recommitted your life to Christ. You've not been baptized since you started attending South Point. Let me just say, it's time for you to get baptized and grow in your faith. It starts with you. Ooh, it's quiet in here. Let's just go to the next one. Maybe you've attended here for six months, a year, five years, and you've never been a giver or a tither. You've never been a part of contributing to what God is doing here. Can I tell you, it's time. It starts with you. What about serving? It starts with you. What about sharing your faith? It starts with you. Hey, can I tell you, it's kind of thin in here today because it's the first Sunday of the new year. Can I tell you, on Christmas, both of our Christmas services were packed. The Friday one and the Sunday one, there wasn't four empty seats in this place. It was packed. It was hot as a, I don't know what, it was hot. It was hot as a tin roof in summertime. It was hot in here because of all the people that were in here. It was awesome. It was awesome. And you know where all those people came from? I invited every one of them personally. They were all my friends and No, not at all. They were your friends and family. They were people you knew that came to church. That's what was so exciting about it. As I'm preparing this message weeks ago, I'm thinking, we're already doing this. It's not a giant jump for South Point. We're already ready. That's the reason God laid this on us, because we're ready for the greatest of all time. Can somebody say amen? Like, I'm believing that. There are people in my life that I want to see changed. And it's not going to be you guys leading them to Christ. It's not going to be you guys inviting them. It's going to be me inviting them. It all starts with me. Amen? Everything that we're going to do at South Point, it starts with us. It starts with this church family, not this building, but with this church family changing people's lives. Just starting. Starting. How we're going to start? Everybody say pray. We're going to pray. We're going to find time, a minute or two or three each day. Say, Lord, here's our focus for today. Here's what we're praying for as a church family. All Three, four hundred of us, we're going to pray for this. And then, Lord, we're asking, because I am not the church, I mean, the building is not the church, I am the church, I'm asking that you would use me. 
because I understand that it all starts with me. Use me. Hey, let me ask you real quick. Look around. Do you think we have any room in here for maybe a hundred, another hundred people? Easily. We, we bought all of these chairs in hopes that 20% of them would be full. No. Our hopes and our prayers as we walk through here during the week sometimes and touch the seats is that every row is full of people that need Jesus. I pray that you would pray that with us. Starting today, for the next 21 days, Lord, make this the greatest year of all time. Let us have huge problems, huge problems. And when we talk about on Vision Sunday on the 28th, when we talk about that, I pray that more than enough people go, that's, that's mine. It starts with me. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be a part of that. I'm doing that. And we're going to get to see incredible things happen in people's lives and in our church family this year at South Point. Do you believe that? Let me end with this. Sunday Fun Day is a series about how good Sunday should be. It should be good. You should be greeted in the parking lot in the lobby with friendly people welcoming you here. We, we tell our greeters, assault people with friendliness. Like, don't let them sneak through. If they want to sneak through, they can go to one of those ginormous churches where you sneak in the back door. That's cool. That's cool with us. But at, at South Point, we're a family. We want to we wanna let people know if you need if you need time to heal and sit back for a year, we, we have people like that all the time. Hey man, I got burned at this place. I need to come in and sit back and relax and heal. That's great. That's what we're here for too. There's people that have done that for multiple years. But Sunday should should be a day that you look forward to in the week. Because you're gonna be assaulted with friendliness. Yeah, great, trained, exciting kids workers and student leaders and those kind of things. You have an amazing band that total volunteer that comes and leads you in worship and a decent message and all that. But here's what the great thing about Sunday is when you come and you, you're a part of South Point is that you give God an opportunity. You give God an opportunity. Maybe through these points, he speaks to you. But maybe while I'm preaching, and I hear this all the time, it happens to me too. Maybe while I'm preaching, God's speaking to you an entirely different message. Maybe during the worship, he's saying, I want you to say my name more. I want you to pray to me more. Whatever it is, our goal at South Point is for you to say yes. For you to say yes, or I want to be a part of that. I want to be a part of what you're doing. Because our belief is that we're going to continue to reach people for Christ. And I want you to be a part of it. We're going to continue to grow in our faith. I want you to be a part of it. We're going to continue to learn how to worship. I want you to be a part of it. And together, we're going to change our world. Amen? I believe that. So today is an opportunity. Right now at this opportunity, will you pray with me? Will you pray that prayer and say, Lord, help us. Help me to be a part of what you're doing at South Point. Okay, let's pray together. Lord, we love you. We thank you for loving us, for providing for us. We thank you that your name changes everything, starting with us. Changed our church family. It's the reason that we're here today. And Lord, we pray for everything we've talked about today. We know that you've laid this on our hearts. We believe and we pray together that this will be the greatest year of all time at South Point. There will be more people's lives changed 
that we're going to have some huge problems that are actually really good problems to have. But Lord, the, the main reason we pray today is that you would allow each one in this room, every person in this room to be a part. Every person in this room to be a part the way that you've gifted them, the way that you've given them abilities and talents, their personality, their time, their season of life, whatever that is. I pray that you'd speak into every person's life in this room. Show them that you want them to be a part of what you're doing at South Point. And with everyone's eyes still closed for just a minute, I want to I want to pray one more prayer just in case there's somebody in this room that would say, Scott, I don't have a relationship with Jesus. But today is the day. It's time for me to open my life, let Jesus come in, and for me to begin to follow him. That's the greatest thing that we could ever want for you. Every person in this room has made that decision to follow their own way or to follow Christ. And if you're in here today, I want to pray for you. I'm not going to call you up front. I'm not going to make you stand. I believe God can do his miracle right where you sit. But for the sake of me knowing, would if that's you and you're saying, Scott, I'm making that decision today to believe, to accept Christ as my Savior, pray for me. If that's you today, will you just let me know by just giving me a little hand wave? Just looking up, you can put it straight back down. It just lets me know how I'm making that decision today. Anyone here today, I want to pray for you. Awesome. I want to pray for you. And Lord, I pray that today be the last day ever at South Point. That somebody doesn't raise their hand and not because they've done it times before but it's because you're changing their heart for the first time today. I pray from this day forward, Lord, that we have people raise their hands, that give their life to Christ, make decisions for you, that we see all of those things that we attribute to life change happen at South Point. And more than anything, people get the hope and the encouragement and the life that only you can bring. We love you, Lord. We thank you for loving us. It's in your name that we pray. Amen, amen, amen.